You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Drake. But, hey, listen, this is just a continuation of our discussion on Friday where we did the schedule breakdown. Today we will discuss the rivalry games, Miami, Florida. Also, we'll discuss a little bit about the NC State game while we both feel that actually is a dub, even though a lot of people already have us counted out. And you will see whether or not we finally, finally convince Max to have a sip of that Kool-Aid in, predict a win against Notre Dame. But... With that being said, I'm not going to hold you guys back any longer from this great conversation. Without further ado, here is the final part, part two of our schedule breakdown from Friday. Max, Drake, take it away, boys. Uh, anyway, so moving on, um, where do you want to go first, NC State or NC State or Miami? I think you wanted to do my uh, NC State before, so let's do NC State first. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, NC State is – they are going to be – Interesting. I'm thinking, you know, they bring in Devin Leary at quarterback. I don't know a ton about the kid, but if you look at his stats from last year, he had five starts, 1,200 yards, but he only threw 48%. I mean, he's not the most accurate passer. In 2019, he had three starts, 890 yards, was a lot more accurate at 60%. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really believe in that. You got Bam Knight, though, and Bam Knight is a bit of a force to be reckoned with. So they're going to have a solid run game, but I don't know, man. We're feeling pretty confident in our front seven. Not really. We're feeling confident in four of our front seven. We're feeling confident in our hitting ability of our DBs if they get in the second level. I don't know. I mean, I think NC State, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably going to be pretty one-dimensional this year. They're not known for dynamic play calling. They're not really known for much of anything, but then we have to play them coming off of Clemson. So where do you think this game ends up falling? Yeah, we're going to beat NC State. I don't think they're particularly good. I've been saying on lockdown ACC that I think Devin Leary is probably the most overrated quarterback in the entire Atlantic Coast Conference. I mean, the kid is the kid is talented. I'm not going to say he's not talented, but and he has improved each and every single year. But if you're in a quarterback battle last year with someone by the name of Bailey Hockman, I'm not going to have that much faith in you actually playing moving forward. Right. Um, me, Someone that James Blackman beat out like, like, like by a by a mile. By the way, no, no one. I, I I know there is a sliver of our fan base, but from what I've heard from the insiders that are in the know, Bailey Hockman had about as good of a chance at being our starting quarterback as Drake has with going on a date with Rihanna. No offense, but you said it first. Well, I look like Drake. And she it was. It wasn't Drake, like he so. barely lost the job and then decided to transfer. Bailey Hockman is not a good quarterback. He throws with the wrong hand. He's a little too short. He's not that quick. Doesn't have the arm strength. His accuracy is okay. He, you know, he reminds me of, and this is not a shot at the kid because I liked him when I knew him in college. He, he's a lot like a Clint Trickett. The, the, the brain is there. He's not as smart as Clint. Clint was very intelligent and very smart about football. That's kind of what Bailey Hockman reminds me of, though. Coach's kid probably knows the game pretty well, but just can't. Doesn't have the physical tool. He, he, to do he can't it on the field. put it all together to you know to give you the results that you want. But I think the entire off the entire team is going to live and die by your boy Zonovan Knight, aka Bam Knight. That kid actually is really special. I do know they also have Peyton Wilson and Grant Gibson, who are potential All ACC picks. And Dave Doran's a decent head coach, but I don't see us losing to NC State. 
again. I really honestly don't. And that game, I want to say, is actually at Doak, which I think is going to be huge. And I think by that point, we're going to know whether it is whether Mackenzie Milne's having that great of a year or we might just go back to might go back to Jordan Travis. And if you all remember from the game last year that Jordan Travis didn't play. He yep. actually was injured with a shoulder injury, and we went through this, this flip-flop between Chubb Purdy and Teddy Rodemaker, I think, every two to three series, which to me was infuriating because your quarterback needs the rhythm, needs the, you know, the play time to actually you know, get into the groove. But, and we still we – But didn't we find out, bad. too, that that's the, that's the game, too, where Chubb had actually re-aggravated the collarbone? So he was yep. also kind of playing hurt during – so not yep. only were we playing – so it was really Tate Rodemaker was our only healthy QB in that game. Yep, and like I said before, I don't think Tate Rodemaker is a good quarterback. I think he's going to be, you know, wonderful at something in life, but I don't think particularly he's going to be a good power five quarterback. So that to me, if you put him out there, we saw against Jacksonville State. And he also, he was the quarterback against Geno English, a walk-on during the celebrity portion of the spring game. So, yeah, um, NC State, you're going to lose the game, and I have no problem with that because I don't want your school. So No, I'm fine with that. And now we got to move on to – Miami, man, we are giving the folks their money's worth today. Uh, let me see something real quick, by the way, folks, in case you care. I guess this isn't live, so what difference does it make? But Brooks Kepka just finished up. He ended up bogeying the 18th hole, which is a huge bummer. Oh, you can't bogey 18th, buddy. So he was one under. He's tied for 20th right now. We'll, uh, we will end up, you know, we will see what ends up happening there. Oh, what a bummer. And of course, my, by the way, value pick Jason Day is two over right now. So that's a terrible value. Sorry, folks. Hashtag let's, fade max. Hashtag, hashtag fade, max. fade max on golf, I guess. So let's talk about Miami. Miami is going to be an interesting team because we are dealing with an unknown variable. We do not know if De'Eric King is going to play football. Yep. He tore his ACL in a bowl game last year. You, I, I understand that modern medicine is advanced. I understand that there's a difference between a slight tear, a tear, and a rupture. But, dude, that's, that is late in the season to have that tear and come back. Uh, what, I, I, I don't even – I wish we had an orthopedic med, like doctor on our, on, our, on our call sheet that we could talk to about these things because I just – I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, we, I don't see it. You don't, don't know, and – I asked my brother who's gone through the same exact thing because he's torn both of his knees. He tells me that the first time you tear your knee, that's that one is the harder one to come back from because typically you're not used to that rehab. But the second one, he actually did come back a lot faster. If this game was played in October like it usually is, I don't think we would see Derek King in this game. The problem is we're playing this game in the middle of November. And to me, that's typically – you're going to see Derek King probably – either in his second game or his third game back. Cause he knows he needs to come back for his draft stock. Cause he does have a potential actually to go to the league, even though his size is a little bit small, he does have a good arm. He has great legs. He plays the position very, very well. But with Miami, I don't know why ESPN has the FPI at 70.2% mainly because their entire defensive line is gone. They lost Jalen Phillips. They lost Gregory Rousseau. Nessa Silvera is still there. They lost Quincy Roche. So to me, that defense, that front seven, is going to be lacking. And also, they have only one good wide receiver. And we all know how bad their drops are because Ron Dugas is the coach there. And I've heard complaints, complaints on complaints from my coworkers up here about how Miami does not – receivers do not catch the ball. So, to me, this actually – to me, this is going to be the big game of the year because I think this is the most winnable game on our schedule for recruiting purposes, mainly because I don't think Miami is going to be particularly good next year. And Derek King is – 
he might not come back at this time. So it's like literally, it, you're right. It's a, it's a variable that we cannot account for yet. Yeah, man. I think that this one is a tough one for me because Miami brings back 19 of 22 starters if De'Eric King plays. And they had an eight and three team last year. It's tough. Now, if you look at Miami, though, what do we always say about Miami? They they fade down the stretch. I mean, they do. They like to start out hot, get in the top 10, get in the top 12, wherever they end up. And then they just like to pull the Manny Diaz collapse. I I think that we're going to see Manny Diaz's last good year because he's got so much talent that he didn't recruit coming back. This is all this. I mean, this is Mark Rick's team are going to be seniors this year. You got De'Eric King, who is only there, in my opinion, because Kendall Bryles left us and didn't want to take De'Eric King with him. And De'Eric King wanted to be in Florida. So he ended up at Miami. Exactly. I'm going to leave this game. I know this is such a cop out. I'm going to leave it as a push because I need to see what happens with De'Eric King. If they don't have De'Eric King, I think it's a winnable game. However, they still have nine starters back on offense without De'Eric King off of a pretty good team. But I will say this. Look at their look at their run down the stretch last year. Let's start. Okay, so they win, win, win. They kill us. They get blown out by Clemson. They beat Pitt. They beat, and then they go down the stretch, right? So they go to NC State and they win. They win, but only by three, 44 41. Then they go to Virginia Tech. They have a one point win. They barely sneak. Uh, okay, they beat Duke. Everyone beat Duke. Everyone beat Duke. We beat Duke. Then they got absolutely blitzkrieged by North Carolina, 67, 62 to 26. So down the stretch, I mean, they really got some lucky. Even Virginia, they only beat them by five. So they had one, two, three. They had three wins by a total of nine points. Mm-hmm. You don't like to see that. Then they go and they lose one by 40. So, you know, this is a team that last year's record may, may be a little fluky. Um, I, I th- Look, I think it's a very, I think it's a winnable game, but I'm not going to say that we win it. I'm going to leave it as a push. Drake, what do you want me to, to put down for you? Uh, it's a win for me. And I say that more for that. I think that they're, while they do return 19 and 20 starters, their wide receivers are not good. Their offensive line is – it's decent. They have a first-round pick, I think, in Zion Nelson, I think is the kid's name on the uh, on the interior. But I think the losses on the defensive line – because that defensive line was nasty as hell. And they you had two first-round picks on that defensive line. And to me, that's mainly what kept them in a lot of these games. That's the reason why they were able to win these games by like five, by one, by three – and for the NC State game, like they, they lost one of their players at the beginning of the game, and then he came back. So put it as a win for me because also this is a game that Mike Novell, he needs to win this game. He needs to win it. So What's up, guys? Drake here. Sorry to pull you guys away from the great Miami you know, schedule breakdown that we're having, especially as we're about to jump into the Florida game. But I'm here to tell you all about Built Bar and their new delicious flavor, the Grasshopper Cookie. For those of you that might ask, Drake, what's the grasshopper cookie flavor taste like? Oh, I'm glad you asked, listener. The actual flavor of that is just like a thin mint Girl Scout cookie. And if you're like me, who orders 10 of those in bulk, you definitely are going to want to grab this healthier option for the summer season. And if not, they have the beautiful thing about Built Bars. They have nine delicious flavors. Max with his peanut butter brownie, me with the cherry barcia, and Candace over at Locked On ACC with her mint brownie. So head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15%. That's 1-5% off of your order by using the promo code LOCKED15, 15% off. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team.
Yeah, no, I look, we cannot lose to Miami, Clemson, and Florida. And that is why, for me, when we go to Florida, I'm booking that as a W this year. I Explain. think that because I think it's late in the year, and I think Dan Mullen is going to start getting smoke from the NFL. I think their recruiting class is not going to be where it needs to be. I think, and this is all, this is not, I know this isn't X's and O's, but this is, uh, to me, the, the soft stuff is just as important in football as the hard stuff. I really think you're going to start to see a checked out Dan Mullen. I think these players are going to be kind of like, eh, they're going to be coming off an SEC schedule. It's going to be at home and they're going to think we're going to kill Florida State. And in the same way that they caught us sleeping in 2012, I think we're going to be able to do the same to them this year. I just don't think their mentality is going to be there. I think we're going to be able to upset them. That's just, again, no football involved in that. That's just how I feel about it. And I'm going to write it down because I want it to happen because we are fans first. So this game is a little more tricky for me for the same reason we talked about for Max for Derek King in Miami. I have no idea who the quarterback is going to be for Florida. If it's Emory Jones, I'm going to talk about as a W, mainly because, like Max said, it's the end of the year. If y'all remember last year, Florida ended the year on a three-game losing streak. They lost to LSU, lost to Alabama, and they got absolutely shellacked by Oklahoma. And Kyle Trask is gone. Kyle Pitts is gone. Kendaris Tony is gone. So your main three weapons on offense are all gone. And you're going to start Emory Jones, who I don't think is particularly good at the next level. If But if they start AR-15, Anthony Richardson, that's someone to me is someone scary to look at because I think he was the best quarterback prophet come out of Florida a few years ago when they had Jeff Sims and Carson Beck also coming out. If they start him early in the year and he gets into a groove, this game to me is going to be something of a loss because mainly it's Dan Mullen. I know that he eventually will go to the NFL. I'm actually proud of Max for saying that because I've been saying that for the past year and a half, and it's really glad, I'm, I'm glad to have him on my side with that. But I do think that Dan Mullen, the train might have passed him because Jacksonville, the Jacksonville job's gone, the Jets job, job is gone, and also the Cowboys job is gone. So I think he actually might be stuck at Florida. And if he starts AR-15, I think he definitely could win that game. And I have no problem with that. And the only thing that we know would keep us in the game, I think, is they're really, really bad defense. So because they're, they're off, their defensive coordinator is probably one of the top 10 worst in, the, in the college football right now. So, yeah. And just to put some numbers behind my feelings, they bring back 10 total starters, five on offense, five on defense. I, I don't want to look up the number now because I, I don't want to slow us down. But I did look it up a few weeks ago when we talked about this. And between Pitts and Trask, I mean, they were they accounted for like 90% of their touchdowns. Obviously, the quarterback will account for a lot of touchdowns. I get that. But Trask was an animal, and Pitts was the best college tight end of all time, in my opinion. I don't, eh, depends on how you count tight end. He was more of a receiver at that position, but nonetheless, no, he's, that, really, he's, he's that good. He has the frame of a wideout and the speed of a wideout, but the size of a tight end. No, you're right about that. Uh, exactly. And I, I just don't, I, I do not see. I, I don't see them being able to replicate what they did last year. I think that we're going to see another drop off. I've got it as a win, Drake. I'll let you have it as a push because um, I got one of those. And now, folks, no, 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 no you put it as an L. I put it as an L for me mainly okay. because right. I, I want to be able to give the yes or no answer to the audience. I don't want that's to true. Out. I'll do the same for Miami. All right, man. So now we got to talk Notre Dame. Um, that is the big one. Sunday in Labor Day of Labor Day weekend, Notre Dame Fighting Irish come to Tallahassee. This is weird, by the way. I can't believe we're playing Notre Dame three times in four years. That's uh, I don't. That's definitely never happened. Florida State does lead the series six and four all time. We've lost two though, two pretty miserable 
miserable losses. Uh, the first one was miserable because in 2019, we, or 2018, 18, 18. we decided to get the absolute brakes beat off of us in South Bend. And then last year, it was so you know, cold. It was so cold. Was so cold. So cold. And then last year was a little different. I mean, we, look, we were in that game. We were. We were winning after the first quarter. And I still think that that, look, this team last year, you want to talk about intangibles. You want to talk about soft stuff. Mentality matters. Momentum matters. I think it's a very quanti- not quantifiable, but is a very real thing, especially in college football. Mike Norvell, doing the roster turnover he's had to do, had to deal with loser blood. Last year, there were a lot of kids that didn't know how to win, but they knew how to lose. In the minute momentum got broken in games, it was over. And I think that that weird blindside block on Preston Daniel, which to the you know what I'm talking about, right? When we were up, and then we we ran that uh we ran that outside screen pass. We ran a yeah. kind of a a bubble from the slot, and Daniel came down and blocked down on the linebacker and got a 15 yard penalty, which killed I thought the that drive. was Louisville. No, 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 no. Louisville, there was uh, there was probably one of those. Did you do it again? Because I know we did it against Louisville. Maybe it was a block in the back. It was a blocking penalty of some kind. Anyway, there was a penalty. I'm pretty sure it was a blindside block. Frustrating. Killed the drive. And then, you know, once Notre Dame got going, it just, we didn't have the the fundamentally sound too deep to bang with a playoff team. It was that simple. They're not a playoff team this year. They lose a lot of talent, most notably their entire offensive line, although they reload because they're Notre Dame, and they lose their quarterback. And I think Ian Book was a great quarterback. I agree with Phil, Philly G, that he wasn't just a game manager. He was a pivotal part of that team. I mean, you saw in the Notre Dame, or you saw in the Clemson games, both of them. Like he was a very, very important piece in those on that Notre Dame team. And I don't think they're going to be able to replicate that kind of fundamental understanding of their own offense, that kind of ability to not, he is a game manager, but manage a game under center for the gold golden domers. And I don't think this new guy coming in from Wisconsin, frankly, even has the physical tools that Ian book has. I just don't believe in him. Yeah. I think this guy is Jack Cohn's the quarterback that Max is talking about. I don't think he's particularly good. Personally, I watched him in the big 10 and he's, he's a decent quarterback, but, you're going from Ian Book, who probably I know the word game manager is kind of seen as a cardinal sin when you're playing football, but game managers are called that because they win games. And Alex Smith, for a very long time, is one of the most winningest, winningest quarterbacks in the NFL for a similar exact skill set. And Jack Cohen, to me, doesn't have the ability to because Ian Book is this most sneaky athletic quarterback I think I've ever seen. Like he, that man can run, that man can extend the play. He's got a great arm. Jack Cohen has none of those things. And I mean, I've been saying it all 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 summer. September 5th is going to be a Sunday, Sunday, bloody Sunday. We're going to win this game, and I think we're going to start start off the, the year in a hot foot, start off 5-0, or maybe even go 7-0 into the Clemson game. And I totally think it starts with this because I think that when you want when you play against a team of this kind of caliber, this kind of pedigree, you want them game one. And getting Notre Dame game one actually is a blessing for us because they're going with a new offense, they're going with a new quarterback, they're going with a lot of new personnel outside of Kyron Williams, who I think is a really good running back. But we're going to cast them sleeping that day. And for those of you that remember last time called um, Notre Dame made the college football playoff the year after they lost their opener. And to me, I'm one of those people that I do believe in sort of trends. I'm a big trend guy. So to me, Notre Dame, that's a W. Lock it in. Lock it in, Max. Lock it in. 
What's up, guys? Drake here. Before we let you go today and you know, wrap it up with Max's thoughts on Notre Dame, we, we would be remiss not to inform you guys about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether it be MLB, NBA, NHL, or even your esports action for you 100 Thieves and FaZe fans out there, or for people like me who love me some pugilistic mixed martial arts, your UFC Bellator action. This weekend, I am firmly in the welcome back TJ Dillashaw camp, and I predict a round three knockout over the Sandman, Corey Sanhagen. And if you want to take my advice for that, head on over right now to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up, and you, you will get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On. Once again, that's a 50%, 5-0% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked on. That is L O C K E D O N. Bellline, your online sport books experts. Ladies and gentlemen, time to make some money. Let's get to it. I will I will lock it in for you, man. I think uh you know, I, I try I am a bit of a trend guy, but I think that trends get you in trouble. One of my favorite articles I've ever read is why smart people make bad decisions. And the reason is because smart uh, people you rely think on you think I'm smart. No, not necessarily, but it, the, the, the point still holds. <laughs> they they rely on pattern recognition and they recognize patterns very quickly and are very quick to go, okay, this is just like that other thing I dealt with. I always use this example, if I can pontificate because I like to, is if you ever look back at the Pinto fires, this was a weird little thing that, not weird little, but it was, it was a thing that happened in the 70s or 80s when the Ford Pinto, if it got hit from behind at enough speed, slow speed, 15 miles an hour, lit on fire literally just lit on fire and engulfed the driver and passengers in flames. This happened in Michigan, two young girls, very tragic. The reason this was happening, by the way, is it was very preventable. The, uh, the head of the, the Pinto division at the time, Lee Iacocco, was told, hey, if we put this plate in here and it gets hit, it'll greatly raise the speed at which it has to be hit to light on fire. Now, Lee Iacocco, back in his day, had run another car that he had put seatbelts in for the first time in the 1950s, and it didn't sell as well as it should have because of the cost of the seatbelt. So he decided safety doesn't sell. He decided this is a lot like that. I'm not going to listen this time. And Ford, for the first time ever, Drake, you'll appreciate this, in American history, as a corporation, faced criminal manslaughter charges because of it. I've actually, anyway. read, I've actually read the book on that entire thing, actually. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, one of my business school professors was the uh, recall coordinator when all this was oh, going on. Okay. Under Iacocos. Very interesting. So that's all to say that you got to be really careful with trends because pattern recognition can help you, but can get you in a lot of trouble. It can. However, I'm going to risk falling victim to the same fallacy. I do not believe that a good quarterback would have transferred out of Wisconsin with a redshirt freshman behind him to go play at Notre Dame if that quarterback was any good. I don't think he's bad. But I don't think he's any good. You knew, well, think, you knew. Sorry, you know who also did that actually. I was. Oh, I was. I was getting there. Oh, I was getting there. Don't you worry, because the last time we saw Wisconsin transfer out of Wisconsin because he was worried about a redshirt freshman taking his job, his name was Alex Hornibrook. He threw with the wrong hand and literally could not throw a football more than ten yards. It was mind blowing. I mean, that guy's arm was the, that, that was the weakest arm I've ever seen on a D1 quarterback. I do not understand it. Whatever. We're not here to relitigate that. So I'm going to let pattern recognition take over. I'm going to say there's absolutely no way that that guy's going to be good at quarterback, which means 
Notre Dame's not going to be the best team. And also, you've got a guy trying to relearn a system week one. You got Mike Norvell, who's prepared for everything, ready to go in week one. Dude, I like it. I'm ready for it. I gave us an L against Miami, which hurts me to do. So maybe I'm just making up for it, but I got to give us the big W against Notre Dame opening weekend. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a hard-earned win, but I think the boys can do it. Oh, it's going to be like a 40. It's going to be an ugly 48 to 45 kind of win. There's going to be absolutely no defense play in that game. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be electric. It's something you want on Labor Day weekend. It's going to be, it's a solid dub. It's a solid dub. And ironically, actually, the freshman quarterback that Alex Hornberg left Wisconsin for is Jack Cohn. So, hey, full circle. Karma, it ain't a bitch. She's a mirror. And Jack Cohn, she's coming for you. So let's see what we got. And now, you know, maybe this is a little inflated because we're homers, but let's just see where we end. So Notre Dame, we got both got wins. We both got wins at Jacksonville State, wins at Wake Forest, wins at Louisville, wins at Syracuse. That puts us at 5-0 and to start. I like that. I hope that happens. Like, again, you know, just because we write it on paper, folks, does not mean it's going to happen. I know that's what you want to hear, but, yeah, it's uh, North Carolina. We got, we got Drake's got a win. I've got a loss. That's where we first start to differ. Both got a UMass win. Both have a Clemson loss. And then we both think we rebound with a win at NC State. Or NC State comes to us. Miami, we got, we're got we splitting that one with a win and a loss. Both got a loss at Boston College. And then we're splitting Florida. So, Drake, you've got us at one, two, three, four, five, six. I can count. Seven, eight, nine. Drake's got us at nine and three. I've got us at eight and four. That sounds high. But you know what? We're fans first. We're people second. Podcasters third. Elite lie season may be in full effect, and I hope that this doesn't end up being a crazy, crazy three-win season. If it is, well, we're probably just closing the doors. I'm going to buy some Penn State gear and be like, well, grad school alma mater, let's go Nittany Lions. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I never betray my fandom like that, folks. You know me better than that. I've seen us through the hard times. I've seen us through the good times. I've seen us through the worst of times. I've seen us through the best of times, and I will see you in the best of times, which is anytime you're listening to Locked On Seminoles. Thanks for joining us today. Well, and yesterday for this two-part episode. I hope y'all have a great Monday and we will see y'all back bright and early first thing tomorrow on Tuesday morning. I'm Max. That was Drake. This was Locked On Seminoles. Drink the Kool-Aid, folks. 10-1 season inbound.